What's up, RM Fantasy SX Nation? I am Chase. I'm Christian. We are the RM Fantasy SX experts here for round nine of the Monster Energy Supercross season. Here to talk fantasy, the place you go to to get all your stats on riders, on the tracks, to make your fantasy picks mm -hmm. and maximize those points. And stick around because, as you always know, we give away amazing weekly prizes and grand prizes. And coming up later in the show, we have a very good guest speaker this week. Who do we got, Christian? Justin Hill. Mr. Shadow Boxer. So let's kick it right off with our race recap from Arlington. All right, so with round eight in the books, we have the results on the table. We have Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon, Anderson, Justin Barsha, another top five, Zach Osborne, much better ride from that man, and then Dean Wilson holding down the wild card. How did your week go? I, I still mean, beat you. <laughs> well, yeah, you did by six points. <laughs> Webb, I think, hurt a lot of people. Yeah. I had these four in the right position, just one spot off. So the friendlies helped me. I've been steady. I've been getting at least one pick right almost every round, but I need that big round to kind of propel me forward. That's what people don't get. Like the people who win weekly prizes and have a huge week, they don't, that's not common. You're not doing that a lot. If you're yeah, getting right. one pick right, you're doing good. Yeah. If you're getting more than that right consistently, you're going to be up at the top leaderboard. You're going to be winning a grand prize at the end of the year. So, but. Race highlights. We have to talk about it. The Dragon's Back claimed some serious victims this week. Yeah. We had Adam Sansarulu who went down in practice, broken collarbone, so he's not going to be racing this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, Brock Tickle, I don't know if it's on the Dragon's Back or not, but he's got the JGR curse, broken hand. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And then, of course, Cooper Webb. How gnarly was that crash, and how lucky is he to be back racing this weekend? You couldn't ask for a better outcome of that situation. Yeah, as bad as it was, I think he. you could not have fallen better yeah he couldn't be mad about what happened because it could have been way worse no doubt yeah. so but it was crazy to watch and jimmy dakotas even went down in 250s on that dragon's back so we're gonna ask justin hill about that later on mm -hmm. kind of his thoughts on that dragon's back but other than that any other highlights you want to point out i mean you got to talk about justin hill the guy yeah. was getting good st or getting not so good starts in the first and third main still charged up took sixth overall brayton we don't know what's going on with him <laughs> yeah. he had a, just a rough day all around what about Anderson crashing into the uh, camera guy in the whoop section? Oh, yeah. Or the medical guy? Oh, if he wouldn't have He's... crashed in the last main, I had three picks lined up. Really? And it cost me big. Yeah, so. that was a bummer. But he was riding good. Kind of, yeah. when's that guy getting his win? But Tomac was just dominant. He was not going to be denied. If you look at the lap chart, especially at that last main, it was just Tomac right towards the end. He's like, nope, I got to get past you. And then when Tomac hole shotted, led every lap, never looked back. So, yeah, it was a good night of race, though. Scary. I love the triple crown format. I do too. I'm as a fan. I don't think you can ask for anything much better. Yeah. I mean, I can get how the riders might not like it as much, but maybe it's just the loud ones that you hear that from. AP told us last week he does like them. Yeah. So he didn't do that well this weekend, but he does like them. He did miss the wild card by one spot. <laughs> Took eighth. But as far as user stats go, the average points were 48, so not too bad. We had one perfect score. I would love to talk to the man who said. I'm going to leave Cooper Webb out of a triple crown. Yeah. Because somehow he got that right. It sounds crazy, but when you're getting 80 something thousand picks each yeah. week, it's bound well, to happen. Webb was in 97% of people's top five. So yeah. he was And for there. good reason. Yeah. 20% have Brighton in the wild card, which is a very high number. Mm -hmm. And then only 0.57% of players did not have Tomac in their top five picks. I'd and like I'm, to hear what they were thinking. he was the majority in first, too, which he <laughs> should be. Well, there you have it. Those are your race results. Those are your stats. But now... Atlanta, we're getting into it round now. I can't believe how fast the season's going. I know. It's pretty crazy. But let's jump right into it here at our with Track Trends. Okay, last year's Atlanta uh, was an East-West Showdown, which is pretty sweet. Atlanta's always like the favorite round of a lot of was riders, Was that the East-West Showdown when Cianciarulo won? 
he passed Forkner. It was kind of like everyone's hyped up about the Forkner stance. Oh, battle. yeah, it might have been. One? He just smoked him. Yeah. But um, Tomac started in 13th place, took sixth last year. The sand section is always gnarly there. Yeah. They got uh, a, have you seen it this year? We'll talk about it. It's I like cool. it. I like it. But the results last year, top five, Cooper Webb, Baggett, Muscan, Roxon, and Aaron Plessinger, his last top five. So might have something going on there. Interesting, though, that Coop's hurt. Well, in, he's banged up. Yeah. Marv isn't there. And Plessinger hasn't proven to be a top five, so kind of hard to take anything Might away from that. Might be one of those rounds that really shakes it up. All right. But this year, though, you got the three 180 starts, which is nice. That's You're cool. using the starting lane as part of the track, I which love is always when they good. Do that. I love that. Um, you got a, a longer sand section is kind of unique. It's real straight for a while, and then you hang a hard right. Yeah. So hopefully like it warms up jump. multiple lines. If, ski if jump there's into multiple it. lines in the sand, it's good. But if it's just one line, it's kind of boring. Yeah. And opinion. then they got that split lane rhythm section. It's always a good thing. Yeah. So. I like that. I like the track so far. But like spoiler it. alert. This weekend is an early race. It starts at what, 4 o'clock Eastern. If you're in California, five Eastern. Five Eastern. If yeah. you're in California, that's two o'clock your time. So if you're not watching the races live or on NBC Sports, don't check Instagram all day until you're ready yeah. to sit down and watch because you're gonna get spoiled. And also get your picks in early yeah. as a fail safe just in case. Remember, use that calendar notification button on the fantasy website and we will email you or notify you to get your picks in so you don't mm-hmm. miss out on that. Yeah, don't be that guy. Well, there's those are the track trends. Now we gotta get right into it. Tomac proved me wrong a little bit. Seems like he was always cursed with the red plate, but last week he proved he is here to keep it. So let's get right into it. Here we are, top contenders. All right, so with top contenders, we have to start with the points leader, of course. He's won three out of the last four rounds. This man is on fire right now. What is he, seven points up on Ken Roxon right now? But oh, Something like that. If you don't put this man in first, I think you're taking a huge risk because he hasn't finished out of the top five or worse than fourth since A1. He's qualified second every round, but now with AC not racing, Tomac's probably going to do it. But mm-hmm. anyway, he took six in Atlanta last year after getting a horrible start. He has started, he's the only rider who has started as far back as 10th this year and still won a race. So he's the only guy still who can just make that crazy charge and pass through the pack. I agree. And what's crazy though with Tomac, this man has seventh most all-time main event wins, and everyone above him on that list has at least two Supercross titles. That blows your mind. So, if he doesn't get it done this year, oh boy. <laughs> anyway, but uh, he had the fastest single lap last weekend, and his starts were a little bit better. But we, we talked about it before. He always has two good starts and one bad one in the mains, and that's exactly what happened in the first one. But then, gave me some hope because he got good, two good starts. So, he is my man to win this weekend, no doubt. You're banking on him not getting a good start if you don't pick him to win. But even if he doesn't get a good start in a full 20-minute well, main who, event, he can still win. Who easy. gets near him and is going to pass him? No one. Has anyone done that this year? Hill I mean, almost did it last week in the first main, but, yeah, but other than that, no. Like once Tomax had the lead, he hasn't lost a main event that he's led. It doesn't matter who's in front of him; they're in a, they're a threat to get past. Okay, so. Ken Roxon. Um, K Rock hasn't finished worse than sixth all year. That's better than any other rider. No one, no one else has done that. So he's been consistent. He's only missed the podium twice this year. Took first at Glendale, and after taking second. So after he takes second, sometimes he gets the itch to. You know, he can come back and win. win a little, get a little confidence back there. Uh, finished third in the only other East Coast round this year in Tampa. He's only passed Tomac twice this season. This is going back to what I'm saying. And one of the times, Tomac passed him right back. I mean, he's, with Webb being banged up, he's the only threat to Tomac I see. Okay. So, but he does still have the second best average overall finish 
of 2.83 and standard round average finish of 3.5 this season. So you still got to so. put this man on your podium. Oh, no doubt. But not to be Tomek. All right. Let's jump right in with Mr. Webb here. So Cooper Webb is now all, like a full race down basically on Eli Tomac. That is a big points margin to make up, especially with how Tomac is riding. But he's a point, he's a contender because he's up there in points. But I don't I look at qualifying this weekend to know how Webb's gonna be. Yeah. Cause if you look at it here, he's gonna race this weekend. He was looking great last week before he crashed. But in standard rounds this season, he hasn't finished more than three spots away from where he is qualified, including his 12th place finish in St. Louis where he qualified 15th. Exactly. That's the only thing I can take so from him. So I would just say look at his qualifying. If he's way back there in qualifying, that's probably an indicator of where he's going to finish on the night. But Webb's a champ, and we've also seen the guy just turn it up yeah. and have a really good main event. All right. Mm-hmm. Justin Barsha, who it's time to take this guy for real. I, <laughs> I took him for real. I had him in my top five last week. Where, where did you have him? I had him in fifth place, I believe. Okay. Okay, what do we have Fourth though? or fifth. He's the only champ, one championship point away from Webb, so he's doing better than he has done in the last four years. The thing that really stood out to me is average overall finish going into round nine last year was 8.5. This mm-hmm. year, 4.5. So he's doing a lot better than he has been. Okay. Has a better average or overall average finish per main event gate drop of 5.1 than Anderson, AC, Webb, and Osborne. So you got to give him the respect like you're talking about. Well, what's kind of weird is that the opposite of what you'd expect of Barsh is his starts have not been good. And if he can get those figured out a little bit better, i start looking at him to be on the podium. I mean, it's been proven. His own, he has only finished on the podium when starting third or better this year. And he's okay. done it two times. So when he starts in the top three, he's probably going to podium. All righty. Last five finishes, though, triple crown included. Four, five, four, four, five. So we're seeing he him in that range. Start. Yeah, with okay. Webb banged up, maybe shift him up one. I don't know. All right, Jason Anderson. So he took the podium in Arlington after missing three straight weeks of, of the podium. He's still 15 points behind Justin Barsha. Um, he's finished in third or fifth overall in six of the eight rounds this season. Three he's, times each. Three times <laughs> each. It's weird. So don't count him out. I still think he's a very solid top five guy. Um, didn't start or finish worse than fifth at Arlington. So his starts were good. His finishes were good. Well, we he's were starting right to there. count him out. He had a rough couple weeks. Yeah. Qualifying is what made me put him back in my picks last week. Is that what happened with you too? Yeah, he or? qualified good. I was like, yeah. I never really doubted it, but he did win Atlanta in 2018 as well. So he's got history there. Yeah. So the big question, because Tomac, Roxon, Barsha, Anderson, I think those guys are solid picks. Now with AC out, that kind of opens the door, especially where yeah. you can even be more confident with these guys. But the real question mark this week is, one, who's going to take that AC spot in the top five? Will it be Osborne again or Justin yeah. Hill? And where do you put Cooper Webb? Yeah. That's the question I want to answer. I mean, this guy looked like he had an itch to win yeah. last week, too. I mean, he was close to being up there. So Yeah, well, what Going do you guys think? Third main. What's Webb going to do this week? But we talked about our top contenders. Now let's jump right into it. Who's going to take the spots if Webb can't perform when also with AC out? So here it is, weekly spoilers. Okay, spoilers is getting a little short up this point in the season. We got, only so, yeah. we got a lot of banged up riders. We well, got, we're getting to that point where riders are... You know, the, the attrition. They're settling in the way. Yeah, we, the attrition, and we're starting to see who's got what it takes. So, what do we got? Who's our got first guy? Blake Baggett. He's been all over the place this year. Let's just get that out there. His last five finishes and triple crowns included 13, 8, 10, 22, 3. I mean, he's all over the map. Qualified in the top five when he took third in San Diego. So, that's something to watch for him. Okay. And his average start for the year is 
six or six point three six average finish ten point one seven. I mean, he started in second in two of the three mains last week and still took tenth overall. Just kind of had a rough night. All right, Zach Osborne. This man finally cracked the top five again. So a couple things to help with Zach. So his last five finishes, including triple crowns, three, four, seven, eleven, eleven. Uh, he DNF'd Atlanta last year, but uh, he's there. His fastest lap time last week was the second off, the fastest lap yeah. time of the night. So he's a little off pace, but I would definitely, you know, he, between him, between eight or with AC being out and Webb being out or banged up, I think Osborne would be a. He's a good shown he can top five back to back weeks and yeah. get hot. So. All right. Malcolm Stewart hasn't done it yet. Now with AC out, maybe that frees him up. Yeah, is that, I mean, is, that, is that what he needs? He's <laughs> ran in the top five, that's for sure. Okay, he hasn't finished in there yet. Uh, he hasn't finished out of the top ten, so he's always up there. One of the most consistent finishers has finished between seventh and eighth five times this season already, and his average overall finish in twenty twenty seven point nine two. But it's like we said, he he gets starts, and riders being out and banged up, he he could easily get in there. So yep. And then Justin Hill, this is the rider that will be in my top five this week. Already this have man him is in there. crushing it. So already have him in there. Let's look at this. Last four overall finishes, six, five, nine, eight. His finishes in the triple crowns were eight, three, six, and he even went down in multiple. I think he those. started eighteenth in the third main and came back to eight. <laughs> and yeah, and his starts have been good. He's been there in the he, you know, he's he's had good starts, his results have been good, he's even been going down. But Justin Hill, for me, I think is kind of going to take one of those solid top five spots here on out. I mean, he has turned it up, and I want to know why, so that's why we need to talk to him. All right, well, there there they have it. Those are the weekly spoilers. What do you guys think? Is there a rider we left out and Aaron Plessinger? I mean, Brayton's banged up. Yeah. So. I think Plessinger could even be one of those guys that surprises Yeah, AP for sure. But now we got to get right into it, because what's the wild card this week? 12th place. Well, so let's get into it. This is Wild Card Watch. All right, so as far as the wildcard spot goes, we got a lot of riders on the table, so we're going to blast through these. This is probably the hardest pick so far. 12 is the make, hardest. And it doesn't make any sense with some of these riders. It's, it's been like it the does. hardest pick probably to pick all year. First one up, Martin Davalos. He's taken 11th place once, 12th and 13th this season. And his average overall finish right now is 14.3. I like it. Okay. you got Vince Freezy, who's just a good pick for the wildcard every week. <laughs> um, he's... Taken 11th place twice and 13th place once this season. Has finished 12th place in three separate Triple Crown main events. Wow. So he's in there a lot. Okay. Dean Wilson, he's taken 13th four times this season. And his, over, his average overall finish is 10.58. He's all over the map, dude. I don't know what to say but about four that. four times, 13th? Come on now. Yeah, something's And going with on. AC out and Pertickle, there you go. Yep. Move it up one. That's kind of okay. why we put... You know, our boy Reed in here, he hasn't been even to 12th this year, but with riders banged up and hurt, he could slide up to that spot. Yeah, but last week was 13th, his best finish of the year. And before when, that was 18th, so yeah, he did riders good. are dropping out, so yeah. I could see a 12th out of that, man. Now, this is the one that to us does not make the most sense, but stats do not lie. <laughs> what do you got for Baggett? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's finished between 10th and 14th place five times in all main event gate drops this year. His average overall finish this year is 10.17. Took just, 13th in the last main event at Arlington. He's just been so. going down, you know? It's more of, yeah, he's been hitting the dirt a lot. And if you hit the yeah. dirt, you're probably going to be around that 12th place range. So Yeah, and then Justin Brayton, I mean, he's better than 12th place, you would think, but he is banged up. So I mean, if you're what feeling... What did he crash, like five times last week? It was so. a lot. But look at qualifying for Brayton if you really have, you know, concerns about him. But yeah. last rider that we have up here is Aaron Plessinger. So when we look at one of my favorite riders... He's been a lot hotter than that, no doubt. Yes, he has. But he has taken 12th twice this season, 10th twice.
twice this season. And his average overall finish is 10.75. So It's just kind of a who's who in the 12th place range right now. I know. Flip a coin. <laughs> I don't know what to do. This is <laughs> you don't want to even offend anybody. <laughs> but who are, who are you leaning towards right I'm now? I'm probably going to pick Freeze. Freeze? I think that's a good pick. Him or probably Reed? Oh, I don't even know yet. We'll get there. <laughs> But there they are. Those are the wild card. Watch. What are you guys feeling this week? Who's got 12th place in them? Hold on, hold on. All I can tell you. What? On average, the rider to take 12th this year has qualified exactly 10th. Oh. So think about that while you're making it. Well, there's something picks. to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. But now, I'm excited for this one. Justin Hill, shadow boxer. He wears a fanny pack. He's got a mustache. There is so much to like about this He's man. He's just like the definition of cool these days. So right let's now. get him on the phone. Here it is between two burns with Justin Hill. Oh. All right, so we have him on the phone. The man with the fanny pack, one of our favorites who has been crushing it lately, Justin Hill. What's up, Justin? Hey, man, not much. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing good. Thanks for calling in this week. We really appreciate it. Glad to have you on. Yeah, no problem, folks. All right, well, Christian, you got a first question for We have to handle the important stuff first. Um, We've all been noticing your off-track style, the fanny pack game, killing it. I've been in the market for one for a while. We need to maybe get a collab going on that. Just keep all your your stuff nice and safe in there. I love to see it. And then also with uh, the pre-race rituals of punching the, the tough blocks and all that kind of stuff going on there, what was going on last week? It looked like somebody stopped you. Well, actually, yeah, because so the, the backstory is in Tampa, I broke one. So <laughs> they kind of were like, hey, man, you can't be swinging them overhands and racking our stuff, bro. Like, you got to chill out. So um, they kind of told me I couldn't, but I I kind of talked to a big dog over there. and like, hey, man, can I still do this? And he's like, I don't care what you do, man. You're good. So I just kept, I just kept on doing it. And I'm just trying to be careful and not break him anymore. If you need someone with boxing mitts out there, I'm your guy. Yeah, just I'm, get I'm one, well trained. Get someone to wear that full body suit so you can just go all out and you got nothing to worry about. I think it'd be awesome. I love that. I like dressing somebody up, being up on them. That's, that's, that's good content right there. Right on. Well, hey, Justin, first of all, congratulations on what I think for you is a huge turnaround season. Oh, yeah. Because I think even, you know, we all love Mookie, but let's be honest, I think on the Moto Concepts team, I don't think a lot of people had you beating Mookie in you know a lot of the races this year and and you made a huge yeah and Brayton and last week your fastest qualifier which is awesome what would you kind of contribute to that as the biggest common denominator for your big turnaround this year I would just say I'm melding better with the bike and you know everybody kind of made their assumptions of me based on how I was last year which is completely understandable and and I just I knew deep down that wasn't me I and I could kind of I could turn around my my race image when I when I really got my feet under me and, and got on something I really liked. So um, I, that, that's really it. And obviously, I've obviously I've been fired up this year. You know, after I hurt my shoulder in this last summer, and I had some time to reflect and I had some time to reset. And and I just I thought about what I needed to do to, to get back to where I belong. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I I knew I could beat Mookie. I mean, that dude's gnarly. Like, and I was he was. We were definitely going back and forth a lot on the test track, so you know, early off season, and and I was like, dang, this guy's gonna be hard to beat. Um, so the fact that I've got a couple races on him is is a win for me. You know, that's it's always it's always cool to, to get a guy that you that you battle with on the daily. You know, um, 
so I feel I feel really good about that. But it's yeah, it's my program. It's this program that I'm on with the team, um, and you know the, the whole thing is all contributing to this to this uh, you know just a better finish and, and ultimately a happier me, which is probably a more dangerous me in the sport. So awesome, I like it. I'm I'm kind of curious though between you and Mookie and even Brayton, is there some friendly banter going on in the rig when one guy beats another? I, I, what, what's the conversation like? Does one guy start to get tired of it? Like, do you look at your teammates like you're mad that they beat you? Or do you guys kind of ask each other, you kind of get strategies from each other, or does everyone kind of keep to themselves on that? Well, I mean, no, like, none of us are mad at each other at all. Like, we, we, we all respect each other a lot. We expect each other's abilities. Um, each, you know, between me, between me and Malcolm and Vince and, and JB, we all kind of have our, our little our little kind of in the pocket skills, you know. Mm-hmm. And and on a day where where I can bring out my you know my technical riding ability and smoothness and this and that, then that's you know that could be my day. If it's a yeah. day where where uh, you know the, that tube just needs to get twisted off the grip, Malcolm <laughs> and Vince are probably your guys. And, and really? um, you know, and if it's a day where the loops are are, are gnarly and the you know, Malcolm does great on the technical side too. But if but if it's a track that's kind of hairy and he just commits to stuff, he's dangerous on that day. Like you know, so nice. I, I would just say we res- we respect each other's games a lot. And um, if I was to say, you know, I, I I don't try to pick. I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't you know admit that I'm trying to that I try to pick up on every little thing that they do. Like you know, I, I'm riding a club right now and I'm riding with JB and JB just gave me a. a you know, put me through school yesterday, like, you know, on the track he's, you know, he's used to and made me look, made me look like a joker, but I was kind of like, I was kind of loving it. Like I was kind of eating it up. I'm like, man, I ain't in school to test track like this in so long. Like I was kind of like, kind of digging it. So I think it's a benefit for having this many good guys under the same, you know, relative umbrella. Yeah. It's, it's been helpful to me for sure. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So now we were talking about tracks earlier and Christian brought up, you know, the Dragon's back this week, but, you know, my opinion is it was technical. They probably could have made it a little bit better, but one, so give us your opinion on the Dragon's back last weekend. Do you feel like they should have made it better? Um, but then Christian was also wondering, you know, as far as like track designs and technical riding, what were you saying, it's Christian? It's just like, what, what do you think is, goes too far? Is there anything that they ever put out there that goes too far? Or what would you like to see less of? What do you... What do you not like to see out there, and what would you like to see more what's, on the track? What's an ideal Justin Hill Supercross track? Yeah. Um, I, I would, you know, I don't think that they go too far. I think an, an ideal track for me um, is is this last weekend with even kind of more with even more um, technicality to it. Just like I don't want everybody to misplace what I mean by that. Um, like this last weekend, the Dragons back obviously took some guys down. Um, but it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't uh, a super technical uh, section. What was going on was is that the, the bumps were actually kind of shallow, so we were grabbing traction um, where maybe we didn't expect to grab traction, so it was kind of just throwing guys off. It wasn't necessarily a rhythm that was too big or too uh, difficult for our ability. I don't think it was that at all. I mean, every, if you look at it, if, if every single 250 can do it, then it's not too difficult for really, you know, for anybody. Because mm-hmm. if every single little bike can do it, we all know that, that 
it's you know it's a class that you come in you're not as good yet and the bikes aren't as fast and it's mm-hmm. like if they can all do it then to me that's like my rule of thumb like there's no way you should be taking that out yeah. if they can right. if everyone can do it and okay. so the way i look at it is that that i think that would have actually been safer if it was more uh if it was more in depth it had if it had more uh, altitude instead of it being shallow because um it would just slow that it would have been slower and everybody would have had to think more, and people were rushing that section. They were rushing it, and then they were going down because they were, they were trying to race it too hard. Yeah, trying to get the drive for that triple to mm-hmm. pass in the next corner. Exactly, and you had to be really, you had to be really methodical going through that. And if you if you just kind of twisted it and got off the rear, it's like you know the bike could do kind of a it could do kind of a, of a sway, you know, up and down, and, and you could grab traction and miss the top. And that's like obviously that's what Adam did. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's what Cooper did. And it's just. And it's it's funny because we're actually overqualified for that section, and we're crashing on it, which would, yeah. which doesn't really make sense. Right. But it's because we're overqualified and not and not giving it the respect it deserves, and that's that's just because we're racing so hard and there's so many good guys doing it fast. Gotcha. Well, Justin, you you a lot of times I've heard you say how you're a real technical rider and it really suits your skill, and you even kind of mentioned talking about Mookie how if the track requires you just to get a handful of throttle, it might not be your night, but what, what would you do differently? Because in my opinion, when I look at the, the tracks and the top 10 guys and how good they are, it's really hard to make a track that your top 10 guys all can't do the same line. So what would be, uh, you know, what would you change about the tracks to make them maybe slower or more technical to kind of help separate things? Well, I think making the track, it sounds funny, but making the track a little bit more awkward and adding in things that, don't set you up perfectly for the next section because really it's not the rhythms being more crazy or gnarly. It's just making it to where they're hard to get to or they're hard to get speed for or or things like that. Like like we were kind of talking about before we started the show is like you know the, the the supercross tracks in the '90s. They were just kind of like they were kind of goofy, but but they were technical because yeah. nobody could really reach the section with the speed they wanted and mm-hmm. in on a position on the bike that they needed to be to execute it. So it was just kind of like. You know, not everybody could put themselves there to do it. So I think it's more about throwing in obstacles that make your entry tricky. And and in turn, in my opinion, it slows the racetrack down and makes it safer. If you, if you go down, everybody goes down. Guys are, guys crash every weekend. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're never going to have a Supercross race where no one seriously ever crashes ever. Uh, it won't happen. But, but if you crash at a lower speed, I think that's an advantage. Like, so that's just my opinion. I think it'd be better if it was more technical. I mean, with setup and a little bit less, um, you know, fourth gear. Yeah. You know, getting after it, just cranking it. Because that, you know, to me, that, that's just my style. So yes, I'm biased, hundred percent. But um, I just think it's a safer way. I think it's a safer way to go down. It's kind of a safety net, in my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there one specific track this year that you've liked more than the rest because of it had an aspect like what you just talked about? I, I don't think we've had one yet that's, a, that's really what I'm looking for. Um, obviously, you know, the races that I've been doing good at so far have been, have been a little bit on the trickier side. Like Tampa actually had some kind of uh, tricky setups um, that made it, you know, they made it difficult, and, you know, as much as we all hated that sand section, nobody was really going to get super hurt on the entry of it. Yeah. It was when yeah. we got going fast and started jumping into back onto the clay that people were, like, stacking it up, right? So 
I think it's I think it has a lot to do with with uh, the way that you enter a section. So I don't think they've nailed it quite on the head yet. But you know, these guys are these guys have a lot of people to answer to, and they do a great job with their parameters. Mm-hmm. So I you know I respect the dudes a lot that, that yeah. put the tracks together, and you know like they have a tough job and they can't please everybody. So you know the best we can do is just say say what we think would be more, you know, more of an advantage for the sport, racing-wise and safety-wise. Yeah, right on. It's well said. I like that. All right, Christian, last question. What do you got there for Big Hill? Big Hill. Yeah. So growing up, you know, uh, with having a kind of a superstar big brother in the sport, um, how was that? And did you you always plan on getting into Supercross, or when did that, when did that become a reality for you? Well, I mean, it's funny you say that because it didn't become a reality into me until I was already doing it, which is mm-hmm. strange. Um, I dude, when I was 12, 13 years old, man, I was just, I was just pounding down milkshakes and watching big brother do his thing. And, and I really had no clue what I was going to do with my life. I was just loving watching him and I was proud of, mm-hmm. I was proud of him. And, and then it got to a point where, you know, I started to grow up. Obviously you grow up mentally, you grow up physically. And I just, I just started going, you know what, I, I really want this for myself. And when I was when I was probably, you know, fourteen, kinda of going on fifteen, I really started to, to grind for this and and I had my own I kinda of went off on my own, you know, like nobody was really paying attention, but I started training, I started riding hard and, and getting good and, and then by the time by the time it rolled around I was seventeen, I had won you know, I, I had my first contract going into my first supercross year, I'd already won a lot of good amateur stuff that earned me the spot um i was like oh it's happening and then i wasn't even really ready for it like my first whole year was just kind of like i just i i wasn't even really prepared to to treat this as a as a world-class sport i was just kind of going about it like i always did mm-hmm. and by 2014 when i started getting my first wins and really competing it, it i rethought the whole sport and rethought i said i'm a professional now and i need to like Treat, treat my program, my body, myself, my, my program as a, as a, you know, as such and, and do it right. So, um, I would say it didn't really hit me that this was going to be my life until I was already doing it, yeah. which is strange, but it's just how it worked. And so it's even weirder having Josh back now, like <laughs> him on the little bike. And I'm, I'm like, I don't have butterflies in my stomach racing anymore. I, I don't, I'm not nervous on the gate. I think I'm a pretty tough dude, and I've, I've hit the ground hard in my life, and and I've, I, I'm not really scared of it anymore, hmm. um, but I get butterflies watching my brother race, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. Like, I, I watch him race, and it's like all the anxiety in the world just comes rushing back like mm-hmm. that I ever had for, for the sport, and then as soon as he's off the track and safe, and, I, and, he, and he's over here getting me fired up, I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'm back back to being like even even more solid of a warrior than I was you know so it's yeah. kind of funny that how, how the roles reversed and and he's you know we're, we're both of our support systems now and it's and it's super neat we get to train together now too and it's, it's just um it's something I can't explain I feel a lot of pride in it right now yeah. that's awesome no I was gonna say Josh has been crushing it what he was what did he finish overall last week fourth he was in the top he five was, he was uh he ended up Six. No, I think he went down in one of them okay. and ended up six overall. So we actually, you know, I went down two out of the three motos and, and still was ended up six. 
Yeah. And and then he, he ended up sick too, and it was just kind of funny because everybody that everybody that follows me and him are like, all right, they're like kind of cl- you know climbing together, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, doing their thing, and they both ring the same finish. Like it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, no, I think Josh, I think the commitment and the dedication that he put into it, nothing but props and respect to that because he's come a long ways from, you know, yeah. a couple years ago when he was just kind of doing the free ride thing. I mean, he really had to commit to it and props to him for doing that. And I'm sure you're proud of him. And I'm sure it's more anxiety just wanting him to do good versus scared that he's going to crash, you know, because Josh is, he's like you. He's one of the most skilled riders yeah. out there, hands down. Well, it's cool. Him and James used to be on the same team and now their little brothers are on the same team. Too, so. <laughs> I like cool. it. Yeah, there's there's definitely some irony going around for sure. You know, between between me and Josh and the and the Stewarts, and and you're 100 percent right. I just I'm watching him with like with these butterflies just going like I just want him to I just I want him to do so good and I have so much. I mean, I'm used to like you said when I was a, when I was a kid, Josh was a superstar and I molded my pretty much my whole game after him. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like so I know how good he is. So it's like when I watch him, I go. I mean, I I to the core believe. Yes, I'm biased again because he's my blood, but <laughs> I believe to the core that he's just as good as any of these guys. He go win these these two fifty races. So I'm just sitting there, just like I, I feel like my dad. Like <laughs> I'm yeah. watching him, and I'm just like I'm kind of flipping out every three corners, you know, like watching him. You know, like, oh, he made a mistake. Oh, oh, he's that good. Like you know, I'm like this emotional roller coaster yeah. watching him. Oh, that's awesome. But I bet and you nothing gets you fired up more. Well, hey, Justin, man, really good insight. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, nobody you know, has more fun out there than you, uh, in my eyes. Oh, I, I know, love it. Dude. We love to watch you out there. So. It's, it's been awesome. The family fact. And, uh, you know, appreciate you calling in. Good luck to you and your brothers this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be some good racing. And prove everyone wrong. Put it on the box. Get your first win this season because that's what we want that's you to what do. That's I'm talking about. Thanks. I appreciate that. I believe I can do it. All right, man. We'll go get the job done. We'll, we'll see you on the races this weekend. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. We'll okay. see you. That's what I'm saying. We got so many good dudes in this sport, man. Yeah. And Just an awesome guy. And a I'll, lot of I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, I was not hyped on Hill last year with everything going on, but I think this year I feel like he's kind of humbled himself a little bit more, and he's just putting in the work. I mean, there's nothing you can say other than he's – He's tearing it up right now. Yeah. So. Well, there you have it. That is Between Two Burns with Justin Hill. But now you know what time it is. Time to lock him in. Let's do it. Heading into Atlanta. It's time to lock him in. I'm going with Eli Tomac to win. Keep that red plate. I mean, I don't know how you could bet against that man at this point. You don't. Anderson, everyone's forgetting how close he was to winning that race overall last week. Putting him in second. Roxon just staying consistent in third. Justin Hill. We just talked to the man. I'm a believer, putting him in fourth. Okay. Blake Baggins, like we said, he kind of had a bad week. I think he bounces back to fifth. I do like Barsha, too. Okay. But I'm throwing Baggins in there for now. All right. Freezy well, is my wild card. We're close, but I'm going to swap Roxon for Anderson. I'm going to keep Justin Hill in fourth, and I'm going to throw Barsha in fifth. And I would put Barsha ahead of Hill, but Hill starts have been better. Constantly. Constantly. And Barsha's... Barsha, every round, it's like he charges from the back of the pack, but by the time the race ends, he can only make it up to fourth or fifth. So, that's what I'm doing. And then, as my wild card, 
I'm doing it. I mean, if right I'm now, picking Freezy, you're picking Reed. Reed. It's got to be one of these two. It's got to be a red bike. Well, there so. you have it. Those are our picks. Locked in. What do you guys think? Remember, neither one of us had Cooper Webb in our top five, but we're going to watch qualifying yeah. and see where he ends up because you got to go back to that stat. He has not finished, what, three places More away? More than three places away. From where away. he's qualified. In standard rounds, so yeah. So check out his qualifying. That's going to be a big, for me, a big indicator of where I'm going to put him. No doubt. If he's in the top five or even around there, means he's feeling decent enough to race good so i agree well there you have it but now we got to talk about it like we do every week why you want to be playing rm fantasy sx so here it is it's our weekly prizes all right before we get into weekly and grand prizes special offers this week um right now the arm rocky mountain mx socks are on sale you got to hit that up limited time sell use the banner on the fantasy site also fox smoke blower t-shirt you can save three dollars on that get it get them for 9.99 limit two with the offer code FOXSBT, Friday and Saturday. Don't forget the special uh, RMATV offer code on supercrosslive.com slash tickets. Save up 20% on tickets for upcoming races. And as an added bonus this week, we're giving away 10 tickets and tracks for trackside seating and fan fest entry for Daytona. That's on my bucket list, and I can't even get one. <laughs> I know. So we're giving away those 10 tickets and passes uh, to win them. To have your chance to win, email questions at rmfantasysx.com. Give us your address and who's been your favorite guest on the show we've ever had and who you'd like to see in the future. So That's all you got to do. All right, weekly prizes for this round. Starting off with first place, four sets of Bridgestone Battlecross tires, plus Supercross through the video game and up to one, which is about $1,056. That's MSRP. huge, man. All right. Then we got prizes from Agura, Pro Honda, Fastway, Fly Protection Package, Fast House Jersey and Pant Gloves. Nice. Works Connection, Factory Force Stand, Titan Skid Plate, Fox Casual, Bell MX-9 Nips, and a $150 Cherry Spending Spree. Plus 90 Rocky Mountain gift cards. That's just weekly. That's just weekly. Okay, so grand prizes. getting into grand prizes. We got a first place is going to get a KTM 450 SXF Factory Edition. Second place, KTM 250 SX. Third, Monster Energy Cup Trip Giveaway. Fourth, Dunlop MX Tires for a Year. Alpine Stars Gear, Casual and Spending Spree, Tusk Impact Wheels, Honda Generator, Fly Racing Gear Package, Milestone Video Game, Supercross 3 The Game, 4K HDR TV and Console, Motion Pro Tool Package, and Oakley Goggles and Sunglasses Package. You can now breathe. <laughs> That's a lot of prizes, man. It's looking good. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. Those are the prizes. That's why you want to be playing RM Fantasy SX. Remember, rmfantasysx.com. And even though we're almost nine rounds in, you can still win weekly prizes each and every week because it resets. So go there, create your free account, make your top five picks, make that wild card, and get your chance to win. But just got to remember that the earlier the timestamp you make, the earlier you get your picks in and do not change them, that greatly increases your odds of getting a weekly prize. So if you're after weekly prizes, make those picks and don't change them. People win weekly prizes every week that put their picks in days ahead of time. Yep. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Well, there you have it. So remember, subscribe to the Rocky Mountain YouTube channel. That way you know when these episodes are going live each and every Friday. If you didn't have a chance to watch this whole episode, you can also listen to a podcast form on all the major platforms. Mm -hmm. I am Chase. I'm Christian. We'll see you next week.